1: Blog Talk Radio.
0: Listening to the Hollywood Boulevard Podcast, hosted by Jonathan Moody and Donnie Sturgis.
1: Hey, hey guys. Uh this is uh Donnie Sturgis. Um and uh with me is uh Jonathan Moody and uh Alfred Crane, our producer. Um and tonight's show we're gonna be talking about Doctor Who. Um lot of lot of stuff to talk about, um, in a forty-five minute uh show, so um over 50 years of content, so we'll be able to cover everything, but we'll try to cover as much as possible. So um, just want to go ahead and say hello, Jonathan, and hello, Alfred.
0: Hello.
2: Hey, hey, what's up?
1: Greetings from so.
0: Gallifrey. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so um, I guess uh, anybody who's listening, if you uh, if you know – uh, Doctor Who. I'll give you a quick, or if you don't know Doctor Who, uh, I'll give you a quick setup. It's a, um, it's a show that came out in the uh, in the late '60s, and um, or was it the early '60s? Man, I'm already screwing 63. it up. '63, '63. Thank you. Um, for some reason I was thinking '69, but I was like, wait, I think that's Star Trek. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, uh, yeah, 1963. Um, the BBC uh, came up with a with a new sci-fi show called Doctor Who, which was uh, basically supposed to be an educational program originally for children uh, about a uh, an old man in a, in a time-traveling police box who went around and uh, went through different historical periods and, and also did other things to kind of teach kids about science and stuff, and, and uh, it's come a long way. It's been over 50 years and uh, still going strong, even though I had a bit of a hiatus. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is the legacy of Doctor Who. I mean, this is a show that has endured... One of the longest t v shows that's ever been around um it's it's an, it's endured uh, cancellation it's endured uh, a a mediocre uh t v movie that was uh that was a uh child of fox and b b c um and it still managed to continue and it's you know we have got our first female doctor coming up so any what what thoughts would you like to throw in there about the legacy
0: of doctor who alfred um well I would like to say my first doctor who experience was in upstate New York, on watching on PBS and yes. in Rome. Doctor Who would come on in the afternoons for a half-hour serial, and I was like, what the heck is this? And then I slowly got sucked into it. And um, I think for me, it's really had a an impact. Because when I first started watching it, I didn't realize it was like three Doctors ahead of the fourth. I didn't realize right. Tom Baker was number four. And then yep. I remember when we moved to Virginia – I um, didn't have Doctor Who here, so it was like, you know, craving Doctor Who. I was like an alcoholic without a fix. I was like, I want more Doctor Who. And then (laughs) I I had my friend Gary Smith. He was recording him for me when he was living in Northern Virginia. And I was like, wow, he's like big, got a whole bunch of doctors. So um, I would say the legacy of Doctor Who is like, it's creative. I mean, Sometimes the stories are, the early ones are a little cheap, but um, the stories are usually pretty solid. The effects aren't. Yep. But I would say they have a following that a little bit of history when it first came out, they didn't think it would be popular. So the BBC World Service, they would just record over the video recording. Yep. So there are a lot of missing episodes because. Um, there are. I think the most recent ones they found were The Web of Fear and uh, um, one other one in Kenya. And they found the. Um, in a BBC station vault or something, so they're still popping up. Hopefully, we'll get a complete video library one of these days. But for something to be that, where they're still looking for old episodes, and there's a, a craving for a show like this, which, like you said, survived two long gaps. It's had some, you know, great doctors, some goofy doctors, and even a Rowan Atkinson. Um, Doctor oh, Who yeah. fundraiser special.
1: Curse of the Failed Henry Death.
0: Jonathan Price. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, that's
1: a, Which at one point in time, I believe, was almost considered canon until uh, uh, until the new stuff came out. Um, right. Because cause all of that special, because they, they used to do the specials like that all the time in the old days. Like the every time they did like the Children Knee or the Red Nose uh, special. Because they did one where right. they crossed over with EastEnders. Which is a which really? is a soap opera? Yes, yes. Um, it was. It came out in the oh man. It was. It was after. <clears throat> it came out in the mid to late '80s because um, it actually included um, almost all the doctors. Actually, because even uh, even uh, Baker participated this time, although he kind of just sat in a booth um, and it just kind of spoke in a microphone. But um you got to see like uh like um the doctor's granddaughter again. You got to see like like a bunch of different people popped up in it and it was a crossover with EastEnders, which is like a which is like a soap opera from, from BBC. Um I've only seen it once, so I don't remember much about it, but I remember just like it was just a weird concept. Um, but yeah, the uh you're absolutely right with the with the way the legacy is gone and hopefully, like you said, they will find uh those missing tapes. Uh, Because they're always finding them all over the place, the weirdest places, like you said, like in Kenya and stuff. Like somebody has like a a collection of like season or from like doctor number two um, that they just have sitting around. Um, But I mean, that's the that's the other uh, interesting thing about, you know, the um, I thought I forgot where I was going
0: with that. (laughs) Um, Well, while you're trying to catch up, one thing. um, for it to impact pop culture and there's reference to it in the Simpsons with the the comic book guy going this wheelbarrow burrito should be adequate sustenance for the Dr. Who marathon. And I think it's been a family guy and Futurama. Oh yeah. It's been all, it's
1: permeated into pop culture all over the place. Like that is, that is the enduring legacy of the show. Um, Okay, I, I need to switch over to Jonathan, because we're leaving him yeah. out here. Uh, your I'm input. Not,
2: I am okay with you leaving me out. Um, I'm just listening. <laughs> um, I, I was never – I'm still not a huge Doctor Who fan. I know that, like, all you Hootians out there are uh, going to lynch me or something, but, um, you know, like – I. I I'm not a sci-fi guy. I think we've discussed this on the show before or something, you know? Oh, yeah, like we have. Sci-fi we have. was just not my forte. Um, uh, when I sure. grew up, I was really into comedy and, and a little bit of horror, but I was never... The sci-fi sure. stuff like um, Terminator 2 was probably the closest to sci-fi, you know, I'll get, or Donnie Darko, you know, those kind of things. But I never really liked Star Trek. Um, I got into Star Wars later in life, you know, and and Doctor Who, I, had, I didn't hear about till like a few years ago. I think probably like John Johnson said something about it or something, and I was like, probably. "What is that?" And I was just like, "I have no idea what any of this, what you guys are talking about." I didn't know what um, <laughs> I didn't know what a Tardis was. Um, <laughs> you know, I thought I thought people were saying some kind of new word for retard. I don't know. Oh, like nice. It just all. Yeah, it just didn't sound like – I just didn't understand any of this stuff. Uh, And then I think it was like – yeah, see, I had heard all those things but didn't really, like, put two and two together. And then I went to – I think it was RavenCon last year. uh, Mm -hmm. And I started – and I saw the they have uh, the the TARDIS uh, there, um, you know, and everything. And they they also have have Daleks there as well. Oh, yeah. So – you know, I'm, I'm so, like, I don't know much of these things, so I'm just like, okay, that's kind of, I was like, because I looked at it, I was like, why do they have a big phone booth and, you know, <laughs> inside a convention? Like, it didn't, or it was, sure. like, well, it was a police box, you know, whatever. I didn't even know what any of that was. And then, uh, and I didn't, you know, I, I looked at Doctor Who a little bit on Amazon before, and then I knew we were going to do the show, so I wanted <coughs> to do a little bit of research, which I wasn't able to sure. do a lot. Um, I wasn't able to do much at all. In fact, um, there's, a, there's but, a lot to cover. Um, there is, and I mean, it is. I guess what's interesting is like the old, the old Doctor Who, which we'll talk about probably in a little bit, because uh, the sure. classic Doctor Who has uh, yep. more of the um, uh, was was like a was like a serial length, so it was like 25 mm-hmm. minutes long or whatever, and shorter, yep. much shorter. And now, like, the newer one is more like a like the TV shows of today and sure. stuff, and it's more 40 minutes long and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of cool, but I was, like, uh, when Alfred let me borrow the old Doctor Who, I was, like, oh, my God, there's a lot of, like, stuff to, like, go through. <laughs> and oh, yeah. I have to not go into it because I just felt like I couldn't – I you know, if I started, I wouldn't be able to get near enough to really – get into it so sure i'm more into like listening to you guys talk about it because you guys apparently know a lot more about uh sure. about this than way more than i do so
1: you well, guys the
2: interesting,
1: thing about, uh, the interesting thing about that is, is is having an outsider's perspective still kind of gives you a little bit to say about it because you can kind of look at it from hey this is something new that i just experienced and so what is this and this and this so i mean it's kind of cool to have uh you here to do, you know, to have that perspective, uh, you know, as opposed to Alfred and I who, you know, kind of grew up with it. Cause I'm like Alfred, I, um, I grew up watching it on PBS in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, And I, like one of the episodes I remember most was like, the one that really got to me was, it was talking about like alternate dimensions. Cause that was the thing. Like the show had some really amazing, like, Concepts and, and it really broke ground on some on creative ideas and stuff. Like, that was the first time I ever heard about the idea. Like, there's a parallel universe where the same people, but they're different, like, and everything like that. And, uh, yeah, like you, like, like you mentioned, Alfred, the, um, the only doctor that they really showed at the time was the fourth doctor, Tom Baker. So for the longest time, I thought that's the only, that's that's the only doctor there was. Although I have had friends who have said that they have seen like in the mid 80s on PBS that they did start to show the fifth doctor uh, after a while. I never saw that myself. I only ever saw the fourth doctor. So when I got older and found out like, like I liked it as a kid, but I didn't really pursue it much beyond just watching it on PBS. And then when I got older and found that they were doing a, a new TV movie, um, that, you know, and everything. And then I would like drop to the eighth doctor. I'm like, eighth doctor, what do you mean by that? And so I looked it up and I was like, Holy crap, there's all these other doctors. Like, Oh my goodness. So I ended up getting, you know, looking into it and, I'm, and I remember loving the show so much. So I gave the movie a try and then the movie, I was just like, I didn't like this at all. So I kind of, I kind of wasn't, you know, uh, a big fan of the film mainly because I, I didn't, I didn't really care for Paul McGann because the only thing I'd ever seen Paul McGann in before uh, that Doctor Who movie was the Three Musketeers by Disney, and he, you know, he had that really loud, high-pitched scream when he would scream D'Artagnan. So I was just like, this guy, this guy's goofy. Like, why is he the Doctor? That doesn't make any sense. So, um, so I think we've I think we've talked about the legacy enough. I mean, like I said, it's 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 been a huge. It's had a huge impact on pop culture. We we see it in Simpsons, we see it in, in, in other T V shows. We see it in video games. You know, some people will put like I think one of the Fallout games, one of the early Fallout games for the PC had a TARDIS that showed up. Um and when you hmm. got near it it would disappear. Um I think it was like Fallout One or Two. I don't remember which one. It was it was it was one of the early PC ones, but apparently there was a TARDIS in the middle of the and if you try to walk up to it it would disappear and make the whirring noise. Um, but it's pretty much it's it's, <laughs> it's it's endured. Yeah, no, Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, I gotta I gotta know about
2: this real quick. So one of the Fallout games, they do that.
1: Not not the not the new ones. The 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 early ones for the PC where right, it was a three but... quarter overhead. There is a there is a place and one I think it's one of the Fallout games where if you get to a certain point in the wasteland, there's a blue box sitting out in the middle of nowhere, and when you try to approach it, it'll disappear and it'll make the whirring noise.
2: <laughs> is awesome. Um, like,
1: yeah. It's just strange.
2: It's, it's like, um, that, that reminds me of the, uh was it? That the guy on Mortal Kombat that would come in and go, oh, "Oopsie," yeah. you know, like just oh, yeah, like yeah, random yeah. little, you know, Easter eggs that they throw into the game. Oh yeah. To, I don't know, to fuck with you, I guess. I don't know what they do. <laughs> but carry on, carry on. I just thought that was really All right. funny.
1: So. But yeah, so I mean, this and you know we're at the point now where the show is more popular than ever, you know, and and you have you know your your new fans, your old Who fans, you know. Um, so next thing I want to I want to get into is is uh, the show's constant reinvention. This is not this is this is about an article I read on Io9 uh, years and years ago, um, right around the time that I think the eleventh Doctor was uh, was was getting ready to begin as the new Doctor. Um, yeah, it was, it was in 2011. And, um, it's a really cool article. I I highly recommend looking at, try to find it. Um, if, if you can, but it talked about how the show reinvented itself so many times over the years, it's always been something different. It's always been, um, a different, like it's had different themes. It's, it's, it's tried to tackle different things. Um, and one of the things that, that – because, like, at one point, like, like I said, when it first started, it was an educational program. It was basically – the whole point was the BBC wanted to do something science and something kind of adventure that would also teach children about science and history um, and, like, you know, the planets and stuff like that. And so that was their initial intention because the whole thing was that, you know, they didn't want to do aliens. They didn't want to do any kind of weird creatures and stuff. They were, like, adamant. They are like, don't do any of that stuff. Just do history and stuff like that. Well – of course, they end up breaking that rule down the road. Um, you know, when they first introduced the dialects and was, stuff.
2: Was this like, you know, Mister Wizard kind of thing? Like, was it going to be like <clears throat> Doctor Wizard? Kind of.
1: It, it would. I would say. it's it more like. Um, uh, what's that cartoon? Uh, Peabody and Mister Sherman, or uh, Mister oh, Peabody nice. and Sherman? Sorry, it, it was. It's kind of. In fact, I think. I think Peabody, Mr Sherman, I think, is kind of uh, a nod to Doctor Who in a lot of ways, because the whole point was mm-hmm. it, it was a fictional program, obviously um, you know, but it with this with this older gentleman, you know basically this fatherly figure that the kids could look up to, traveling throughout the cosmos, you know going to different historical eras, and that 's how the kids learned was you know it it was a show that disguised <laughs> itself as a, as a as an adventure program, but it would teach you things as you went along i you know it would teach you about. Oh, you know Mars does this, and you know, and, oh look, here comes a caveman Ah, you know um uh, and that was originally what the show intended to be, but then over you know it it evolved you know several times, and it continues to evolve um the, uh, the, and then, of course, later it became you know like a it, it, it got into gothic horror at one point the The fourth Doctor adventures were all about gothic horror. It basically you know it became a show about monsters it became uh, during the third doctor's era, it became more of a James Bond. Kind of show, because um, mm-hmm. every every uh, every era of Doctor that showed up, they tried to tailor it more to whatever was popular at the time. Um, they tried to make it more Star Warsy at one point. They tried to make it more James Bondish at one point. They tried to make it more like the uh, the original Avengers, uh, the not the not the Marvel guys, but the British show. Um, like I said, they did gothic horror. They would do slapstick comedy. Um, it's in, it's it's amazing how malleable and uh, evolving the show constantly was. Um, I'll, I'll, well, I'll let hold anybody on.
2: Have... I, I have to ask, I have to ask briefly, and one of you guys will probably know this. Um, So you're saying that it, it constantly evolved, but does that mean that, like, uh, did it evolve through the seasons, or did, like, each season have a different tone and a different feel to it?
0: Well, I guess back then, yes. when they were first doing the show... <laughs> They were more doing adventures, like right. like a four part adventure. There's no real arching storyline, and then they would. And um, when you have the the concept of regeneration of the Doctor came up when William Hartnell couldn't do it anymore, right? And like how do we keep the show going? And then someone came up with the idea of regenerating, and that. Um, but I do like how each Doctor, and I think when when a new Doctor came in it would have a new feel to it. Cause I mean, yes, it would. William Cardinal was the crusty old man. And then Patrick Trouton was kind of like, he looked like Mo from the three stooges and he was really goofy. <laughs> yeah. And then John Pertwee was kind of like an eccentric, you know, Venusian Aikido wielding gentleman. He was, who, you know, yeah,
1: he was the James Bond, cool. like suave debonair kind of, uh, uh, spy kind of guy.
0: Yeah. And then and you had Unit and you introduced Unit I think was introduced in the second Doctor, but they really got their became a part of Canon and under the third Doctor and I really enjoyed that sure. And they introduced the a recurring villain, the master, and um and then I, I liked how when it keeps reinventing itself. I remember when Christopher Eccleston came on board because I was a little gun shy from the Paul McGann movie. Right. I like, well, right, so was I and then I heard they weren't going to do anything with... I mean, Russell T. Davies was pretty brilliant because he kept saying we're not going to do anything related to the, the first series. It's all going to be new. First thing he does, he brings up the Odd Times, which were introduced yep. to John Perkley. I'm like, this is really good. And Christopher Eccleston, I really enjoyed him. And then they said, well, we're not going to have Daleks. They had Daleks. And they had a crap load of Daleks at the end of it. And then they brought, they kept bringing in all Old old stuff and bringing in new stuff. They're going to do torchwood and Jack Harkness, which I wish they would do more with that. But that's another sure. uh, blog talk. But hmm. with the regenerations, I think you get a you get a new flavor each time, and you get new companions. So it's true, you know, they go from the screaming teen to you know really highly functional.
2: That was know, my, who not are true. Like, the,
0: um, well, but hold
2: on. Even hold on. I, I do. Well, hold on, real quick. I wanna. I wanna ask a question because I know, like uh, Billy Piper, who played Rose, and the ones with Christopher Eccleston. When Chris left, you know, they, they regenerated a new Doctor, which was uh, was it Matt Smith or David Tennant? Next, David Tennant. Um, one of them. Yeah, David Tennant. They. Uh, she went. You know, she continued on the show. Was she mm-hmm. the companion or was she just a part of the show after She was still, uh, she was still the, the companion. Yeah. Okay, but you said each time there's a new companion, right?
1: Well no, there there no. is, but it's it's oh, here's here's the way it works, is there there's overlap. There there's even in the yes. early days throughout the entire show there's overlap. Um doctors come and go. Uh companions come and go. They don't always come and go at the same time. You will sometimes have companions uh kind of stick around for a little bit longer. Like uh, the popular one is Sarah Jane Smith, uh, who is uh, the most, one of the most popular companions. She started off with the third doctor, but stuck around for the fourth doctor and then left like partway through the fourth doctor's adventures. Um, it's not uncommon for companions to stick around for longer than their doctor and, and just in, in but you know, you never really see any companions stick around for too long. Um, that's, that's just the nature of the show. But um I think Alfred was just kind of simplifying it a little bit to try to make the point that um, you know that the show, the way the show's tone and uh, and, uh, and direction changed, um, and he's right. There are there are some exceptions though because I mean, it, it the most of the times when the when the when the show reinvent itself, it was usually around the time that the Doctor would change, because you'd get some new writers in, you'd get a new actor in, so you had to give him a new personality. But that wasn't always the case. There there are two specific instances um, I know the Fourth Doctor. Uh, his style of, uh, uh, of 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 series kind of changed uh, once uh, Sarah Jane Smith left and um, the other Time Lord I can't remember her name off the top of my head. It became a little bit Romana. different. Uh, they, yeah, Romana. It started to become a little more serious and not as um, um, not as what was the word I'm thinking for um, not not as bohemian because the the fourth Doctor. Uh, um, Tom Baker was considered like a, like a bohemian type, you know, very uh, eclectic and stuff. The other time that the tone of the the show changed uh, midway into the show was the seventh doctor, because when the seventh doctor first started, he was more aloof and more of a, of a goofy kind of grandfatherly type. And then partway through his series, um, the show got darker and he started to become more of a darker kind of uh, he would, he would start doing things toward his enemies that were like, Oh my God, that's, I can't believe you did that. That's like, you know, but he would always have that. So, it, it a lot of uh, there were a lot of things that depended on. It depended on, you know, it depended on budget. It depended on, you know, doctors leaving, and, and sometimes, and also depended on the era. Like I said, when James Bond was really big, the show went with a, to, to a James Bond bent. <coughs> when Star Wars was really big, the show wanted to be more like Star Wars. So, there's a lot mm-hmm. of different factors that um, that were uh, in effect uh, in in how the show uh, was run. Um, even nowadays it's the same thing like they they you know they take a lot of uh, cues from you know what's big now and stuff, and you know a lot of even like politics and stuff will kind of you know uh enter into it some uh sometimes as well um, so now that we've gone through that the reinvention stuff um i want i want to start i want to go back a little bit and start and, and kind of talk about the classic era. And some of the big, significant things that were uh, that made the classic era what it was. We've already touched upon some of them. Um, Alfred, you mentioned the whole, you know, the fact that the regeneration uh, was was first uh, introduced at the end of Hartnell's era uh, because they wanted to keep the show going, and Hartnell just couldn't because of the health issues. Um, the classic era was really the one that really cemented the show into the minds of. It became a, it became a staple uh, to the point where. It was like event TV, like, it, like when Doctor Who came on the air, everybody like, got in front of their TVs on BBC One or whatever channel it aired on, and they, and you know and they, it was like a family event. Like, kids, like families would sit and watch, because it it's, it's a very family-friendly show. It's, the, the interesting thing about BBC, and actually the interesting thing about countries other than us in general, is their quote-unquote children's programming doesn't talk down to the children. You, an adult, can enjoy it just as much as a child can. Whereas in America, we our children's programming tends to kind of talk down to our kids a little bit more. Um, so, you know, a show that was mainly for kids really had some overall like just just family appeal. Everybody loved it. Um, so, <clears throat> what are some other things, Alfred? Uh, and I, I. I I'm not asking because I don't know, but I'm just trying to get you back in the conversation here. Yeah. Uh, some other things from the classic era that were, you know, that that were uh, that the, the show created or invented. Um, you know, some things that just kind of put it on the map and made it unique.
0: Yeah, um, before I get to that, I just want to let our audience know: at seven o'clock, the live feed goes up. But please join us for the follow-on fifteen afterwards. Uh, go back oh, yeah. and re-listen to the show. um, Because some people told us it shuts off. So I just wanted to plug that. Just because we stopped doesn't mean the show stopped. So you get 15 more minutes of awesome content after the the half hour. So um, stuff that um, was cool about the show, um, could you reframe that again, John or Donnie?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I was just saying, you know, because we're talking, you know, we're kind of talking about the classic era at this point. Okay. Um, classic That's we just, um, we've already talked about like regeneration and we've talked about a few, you know, companions and stuff. So I just kind of wanted to touch base on other things that the show kind of created, you know, stuff that you never saw on other shows, you know, just some things that, get, that, that really put it on the map as, as being unique and different from other TV shows of that era.
0: Daleks and Cybermen. <laughs> Absolutely absolutely came one of the i mean there's even a one of my dad's favorite christmas shows is mr bean when he's got a Dalek entering the um the oh, yeah. um, main <laughs> and uh Dalek's and then Daleks were so wild i mean me and my mom used to get in hysterics watching them on tv because you could see the guys in bicycles underneath right. them trying to you know bounce around and and um, we always got in stitches about that. But you, you introduced, like, really cool characters that kept recurring, like um, the Master, right. the Daylight, the Cybermen. Um, you had some really quippy good lines, like um, Tom Baker had a lot of good ones. Um, oh, absolutely. Harry Sullivan is an imbecile. And then um, one of my favorites was in Terror of the Zygons, you got the, the Scottish ambassador asking him, Tom Baker if he's a party to this nonsense, and he's like, "I'm not a party to any kind of nonsense." <laughs> and um, there was just there was good dialogue, there was good character building, and I think sure. that just got better as the years went on. Absolutely, and there was a, just a lot of um, like towards the end, it started to unravel with who is the doctor? You know, when when Sylvester sure. was the doctor, it really got into. You know, they had the battleground one where it's like, "Are you Merlin? You know, who is he?" You know, it's right. They really got kind of they really did get kind of in the dark with him, and and I really like your assessment of the post Sarah Jane Smith period. Was Tom Baker got a little depressed, and then you introduced Leela, and um, she right. was, a, I mean, a scantily clad cave woman was yep. pretty exciting for a teenager. <laughs> Yeah, you had, and, you had um, to have
1: some of the TNA in there as well.
0: And then you had K Nine, and then you had um, yep. Just different things. I mean, K Nine and Company was its own spin off show, and um, yep. And just um, that's what's coming to mind. I mean, they had fan clubs, and they had well, absolutely.
1: And, and then they had they a lot were, of books. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, absolutely. Like even even back then, like when it wasn't really all that commonplace. For for a TV show to have such a huge following, like Doctor Who really did like like you said they had books, comic books, um I think they had conventions at that time in in britain um you know like mm-hmm. yeah, they had all sorts of in, incredible stuff um the other thing that like the <clears throat> classic era like the um that I think was important about the classic era is again the show the show didn't have a huge budget, and so the show had to make do with what it had. And so, even though you had the cheesy costumes and the cheesy you know, monsters and stuff, there was a certain charm about them as well. Because even, even, especially as a kid, uh, I've seen a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, um, message board posts by people who grew up with Doctor Who and everything. Even as a kid, even though those uh, a lot of those costumes were so like just cheap and just like you know, obviously fake-looking the kids got scared. Like it was, it was the show that made kids hide behind the couch, but they hid behind the couch, but they keep watching because they loved it so much. And so that's, that's a huge, uh, that's, that's, that's a, that's a huge thing. Like if you can, you, like even, even with the the cheapness of it. And like I said, they, they were, the budget was really a problem with them for the longest time because, uh, they were always trying to find a budget and that it, the show was always in danger of being canceled because of that. um, but the fact that, you know, the kids were still affected, you know, a Dalek still scared the crap out of me, Even if you could see the guy Mm -hmm. underneath it, you know, or the, or, uh, you know, the, the and stuff, you know, they, it's, it's amazing how the show, how the classic stuff manages to endure. Um, now the only downside is, is, you know, watching with the way, um, nowadays with the way, uh, TV shows are shot and stuff, the serialized, uh, Way it was done back then doesn't quite fly the way it does now. And part of the another problem with that is too is attention spans aren't as good. Everything has to be flashy and moving all the time. And so you can you know people that watch the new Who now can go back to those old shows and go, man, this is kind of boring, which is unfortunate because back then you know atmosphere and setting up tone and doing the you know doing the the, the slow uh, the slow build was the way to go, uh, especially with low budgets, and so it's commonplace in movies as well as TV shows. Um, well, but I think, overall, you know,
2: looking, class... well, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, like looking back at, um, uh, well, I was watching it, one of the, it says it's, uh, Patrick Troughton, um, I think that's the mm-hmm. same name. Um, mm-hmm. I was watching one of his, I was watching the war games, uh, stuff and, uh, yeah, it's, it's slower, you know, there's not sure. like, uh, like, uh, anything scary, at all in like the episode pretty much, you know, like and the episode I saw. Wow. All, and it, sure, uh, you know, and, and the acting is just really good, you know? Yeah. So you get the really good acting, but you get, you know, kind of a, a slower paced story that builds to yep. eventually, a, you know, a, a good you know, a lot A lot of talking,
1: a lot of dialogue, a lot of exposition, a lot of uh, technical jargon. Um, which that 's another thing that doctor who the classic era was really known for was some really classic jargon um like uh reversing the um, reversing the um polarity of the neutron flow that's a, that 's a that's a common phrase a uh, uh, uh that it gets used in other t v shows um other science fiction shows have used it um a lot of uh you know, it's it's used as a as a joke in a lot like I said, like in Simpsons and stuff, people like for and a lot of the, your hardcore science fiction nerds know that line uh very, very well. You know, re- reversing the polarity of the neutron flow. It's 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 endured. It's it's amazing some of the jargon that's come out of there that has, you know, again, become a permanent part of our pop culture lexicon. Um, but I know, cap this...
0: off the, the the legacy of the theme. <laughs>
1: The oh yeah, no the theme.
0: Music.
1: Yeah, the with the with the with the and the yeah no that that theme that that theme is so iconic. Like that's probably one of the top, if it's not in the top ten, it's at least in the top twenty. Like well known like popular TV show sci fi themes of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah, you just you can't. There's no there's no way you could not recognize that. You'd have to be living on like another planet or under a rock or something <laughs> to not go to not at least. Hear it and go. Hey, I know that from somewhere. Like that's it, familiar to me. Um, so okay, we're gonna we're gonna go from the classic era into the modern era, while well, we still have a little bit of time left. We got about I think like uh, twelve minutes. Well, uh, so before go... we do
2: that, can, uh, before we do that, and um, uh, may I suggest actually if we hold off on the modern era and do that for the next, you know, next podcast of it, like the next Doctor Who one. And then we can talk all about the modern era and, and do a bunch of the other stuff. Uh, another, you know, because I wanted to go into the Twitter stuff real quick uh, to get okay. that yeah. stuff out there because I want people to uh, interact with us on Twitter. Feel free to add us on uh, H-L-L-Y-W-O-O-D pod. Um, that's Hollywood pod, but without the O in Hollywood because, you know, Twitter can only give you so much um right you know so but yeah but hollywood pod so h-l-l-y uh wood pod um check us out on that uh we have a poll every week uh of whatever the next story is so starting tonight there'll be a poll for tim burton which will be our next uh show uh next week right um so uh but this week was dr who obviously so that's what we're talking about and we had um a good amount of people uh, writing to us about it. So, okay, uh, cool. Well, yeah. So first of all, I want to say, out of eight votes, which is not bad, uh, considering that, that Doctor Who isn't the you know uh, isn't you know like whatever's trending right now at this particular moment. Twenty-two uh, percent were for Matt Smith, you know. Twenty per twenty-two percent were for David Tennant as like the best. Who's the best Doctor Who? Uh twenty two percent is for Peter Capaldi and twenty four percent is for other and the two comments I got about it, one was from Alfred. I don't know, does that count? I don't know. But uh Alfred <laughs> voted and uh both voted for Tom Baker. Um so apparently Tom Baker is in the running with all the other who's so I think that's that's great. Well, um once we'll go ahead. That's
1: it's a fair point because uh, for the longest time, Tom Baker, Tom Baker is basically the David Tennant of the classic Doctor Who. Um, he, for the longest time, well, a lot of the, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that again, he was the only Doctor that most Americans even knew of. Um, but it, it, there's a number of things. It's one because of the fact that you know he was the most glo- most globally recognized Doctor at the time, uh, thanks to PBS and stuff. Two, he had the longest run of any of the doctors. I think he had like I think it was like what seven years? Seven years as the doctor. Um the longest mm-hmm. run of anybody on the show. Um and, and and three, because he was so likable. He had he was funny, uh, he was uh you know, he had wit, uh he he was absent minded, like he like he had all these really amazing qualities that made him a fun doctor to follow around. And it was really hard to to kind of follow up on that. I know every doctor after Tom Baker really had a hard time, you know, filling those shoes. So um, it doesn't surprise me that there that Tom Baker is, is, is in the Because, I mean, to be honest, when I – Tom Baker for the longest time was my favorite doctor until David Tennant came along. And now mm-hmm. I'm torn because I love both almost equally for different reasons. So it's really hard to choose between the two which one I like more because I love them both so much, almost for the same reasons too. Because there's – there's, I think there's, there's very much um, Tom, a lot of Tom Baker in T- David Tennant's portrayal. All
2: right, well, I just want to also say that uh, thanks to Tom Bragg uh, who also posted uh, you can see this stuff on our Twitter uh, who, who said Tom Baker as well. Um, thank you so much for uh, you know, for writing our comment like that's what we want. We want more people yeah, thanks, to interact with us and we will um, we will announce your names on here and give you guys shout outs and everything. Um so if you want to follow Tom uh you can follow him on T F Brag B R A G G as well. So thank you so much uh for that and um and yeah uh each week we're gonna to plan to do that at the end of the show so after the thirty minutes is over we will be doing that so people can hear this in the archive. Um so give them something to look forward to I guess. You know, when they come and check this out again
0: um anyway (laughs) you you call it you call it the pod because like in the seeds of doom me and my friend gary kept laughing at the pod and it was like did you say the pod because the way they were saying (laughs) pod was so funny and we kept laughing about that (laughs) (laughs) um
2: well we're almost out of time almost but um uh, is there anything we, like, we've got seven minutes left. Is there anything we want to, uh, talk about real quick?
1: Well, um, since we're going to avoid the modern Doctor Who for now.
2: I mean, you think that's um, a good we, idea, right? Like, just because that was
1: really fine. I mean, more, more. with 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 only seven minutes left, we don't really, really have enough, a, lot, a lot of time to talk about it anyway, and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of material there. Um, we can go, we can, we can kind of go back and talk about the early Doctors as well. Um, because I know, again, Tom Baker is 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 definitely the the, the crowd favorite. Um, but a lot of people really really dislike um, the Sixth Doctor, um, which was uh, um, Colin Baker. Colin Baker, thank no you. Relation. I was, I, yeah, no relation. Um, no relation. Because and, and a lot of, and a lot of the reasons why <sighs> the people hated Colin Baker was because when he first started, he was such a because all the other ba- all the other doctors, with the exception of Hart- Hartnell, was a little bit more of a, of a of a grumpy grandpa, but all the doctors up until Colin Baker were charming. They had a charm to them. You know, the the second doctor was kind of a, a, a hobo clown. Um, you know, the right. third doctor was kind of a, was kind of a, an adventure karate guy. You know, and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden, Colin Baker showed up, and he was just a jerk. Like he was just he like was, this arrogant. You know, he was he his, his his first line when he when when he wakes up for regeneration was was just this condescending kind of arrogant like jerk kind of thing, and so a lot of people didn't like him for the longest time, which I think is unfair because I've seen a few of his episodes and there's a I've learned to love all the doctors for different reasons. There's you know and that's I think and I guess that's I guess the final thought that I want to talk about at this point um, is just how. Um, Everybody's got their own doctor. Everybody's got a doctor that they love, everybody's got a doctor that they hate. But the thing is is what makes the show great is its ability to adapt. And it and it and it takes that adaptability and translates it into the show as well. So even if, you know, this doctor is not for you, there's something good about every doctor. There's something that's there's something valuable about every doctor no matter whether you like them or hate them. Um mm. And so, and and that's and I think that's one of the reasons why the fandom has endured for so long is because there's always, if you don't like this Doctor, there's you're always going to find something to like about the show regardless. Like, you're never going to go, oh, my God. I mean, there are people that do just say, oh, I'm not watching the show anymore. I'm done because I hate whatever. But if you really, really, truly love the show, you'll always find something to like about it. Even if you're not a fan of this particular Doctor, you know it's going to change. You know it's going to be different. And you know there's always going to be something to like regardless. Um, Alfred, would you like to... Add any more thoughts to that?
0: Yeah, I would. I would have to agree because at first I didn't want to watch anything other than Tom Baker, and thanks to my friend sure. Gary, he pushed me into watching some of the other ones, and and right. um, I really became a really huge fan of John Pertwee. So it's between yes. Pertwee, Baker, and Tennant for me. <laughs> right. And um, and like some of the later Doctors, they had some. I wasn't a huge fan, but as I think, giving them a chance. They got some really good stories. they got some new villains. they got some neat concepts um sure, they got some neat companions and um and I think one of the big things about the later years of what finally destroyed Doctor Who, who was the producer at the time, I think took over full I don't know John Nathan Turner had a lot of like bad press around him, and right him, I don't know i forget i- re- read a lot about it getting irritated because it canceled the show, but sure. um. I did, um, you know, and plus a lot of those, since I didn't watch a lot of them, I still have some old ones I can watch that I haven't seen before. You know, they're not making any more new old ones. But I think, um, yeah, you know, just Hmm. what it's had an effect on me. It's like Star Wars and Star Trek. I've watched Doctor Who since I was a kid, and um, um, that's one of the legacies for me. Sure, sure. And like Jonathan said, it's the 13th show, and there's 13 doctors. I wanted to plug him. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) absolutely.
2: Yes, yes, that is awesome. Uh, We are almost like literally almost out of time. We got by like a minute and a half. And so I wanted to go around and uh, do the the ending where we tell each other or tell the audience uh, where they can reach us. So, Alfred, starting with you.
0: I can be reached at the Video Alternative on Facebook or the Video Alternative Part 2 on Facebook. And um, that's where you can find me. I'll just send a friend request or a join for the the site.
2: And All I can right, also awesome. be
0: reached at III at Verizon.net. All right. Awesome. Uh, what
2: about you, Donnie? Um, well, um, you can find me on Facebook.
0: Um
1: you know, uh same thing. I mean if you wanna message me or friend me, um send me a friend request of Donnie Sturges. Uh I also uh run a webcomic called the Adventures of Baby Skeletor on Facebook, uh on Instagram and on Twitter. Um basically uh just some daily adventures that run three times a week about a a, a little skeletor baby that gets himself into trouble. Um and then on Thursdays I do a, kind of like a an action figure diorama theater where I uh not not, not diarrhea, diorama. Um, uh, backgrounds <laughs> yeah no I, I just realized what that sounded like say coming really quick out of my mouth i was like diorama which means i, I set up backgrounds good. and and and, and props and everything kind of like what robot chicken does only it's not it, it, it's not animated um but uh those are pretty much the main places where you can find me um so